what up? This your boy Kush. It's your boy Boogie, Dre Boogie, you know. And you are you listening to the Prolific Pirates Podcast. The first episode, baby. Let's get it. Yeah. Yo, all right. <clears throat> so this is obviously the first episode of the Prolific Pirates Podcast. And um yeah, yeah, I'm, if y'all know who I am, you know I have another one. But this is one that I got with my mans. Uh, we put this together uh, way back when, and uh, yeah, man, this is just something that we 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 wanted to come together and do something, you know, for the people, people to enjoy, and uh, yeah, man, this is the the first the first episode we got. We're really excited about it. So yeah, our goal is to touch on real life social events that's going on around social media. You know, touch on some of these challenges, give our opinions on them, and. Touch on, you know, a little bit of the demographic views of political views and stuff like that. You know, we, we're not trying to be too political with it, but at the same time, we're going to give you the real-life pirate, pirate's view of it, you know, mm-hmm. just being our own unique version. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, clearly anybody who, who, who knows me, you guys know that, you know, we get, we get pretty ignorant with our shit, but... Uh, you know, this is just another another round of uh, conversation, other topics, and yeah, man, this is it's gonna be fun, man. So stay tuned. We we gonna have a lot of a lot of shit for y'all. Um, we uh, I don't even know how we came up. Well, shit, bro. I mean, let's talk about how we first linked up, bro, because this this dates back like years ago, back like Disneyland days. Man, people yeah, know so. people know I used to work at Disneyland, so. So, yeah, as, that's how we actually both met. You know, he worked at Disneyland, and I came along, and we actually got introduced through this little female that I was talking to yeah. at the time, you know. <laughs> little something-something, you know. She was cool, real cool and stuff, and me and her didn't work out, but she introduced me to a real-life bro of mine, you know. We've been thick as thieves ever since, going, yeah. like, man, Disneyland was what's back in like 2012 here yeah. we are in 2019 you know yeah. hey man real recognized real man Always, that's man. that's life yeah is is yeah shit i forgot i forgot about shorty but yeah that's that's pretty much how it came about we uh yeah man it was way man i still remember them days too man them them, them was probably some of the funnest days of my life i tell i tell Gita all the time like that was around the time where like cats was really fucking with each other over there so it was it was it was real cool to find other like minded niggas, you know what I'm saying? So Man, I had just moved to Santa and then that was real that was when my life really kinda like started kicking off and you know, me enjoying my adult stages back in like twenty one, twenty you know, I was twenty one, twenty two at the time. Um, you know, it was just, just enjoying life, being single, you know, mingling and Man, it was it was the good old days, the days that we can actually go out and drink all night. And before I had my son, you know, that's my best friend. But you know, just before responsibilities kicked uh, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, that's real though, man. Cause cats used to be able to, knowing they had to be at work at six o'clock in the morning, cats would be out till like two or three, get that hour and a half sleep, wake up, and be completely content working the whole eight hours. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's. Can't do that now, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead to the world by the weekend, man. So, yeah, man. Man, we, we getting old, bro. We getting old. We getting up there and stuff. That's getting mad old. That's where the prolific comes from and the prolific pirates. Yeah. Well, let's let's also break down the definition of what we mean by pirate too, because I know a lot of people will kind of think, 
you know, are where the pirates come from, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. so, it's pretty much, I mean, how I see it, I see it as like being rebels to society. We, we go against the grain. We don't do traditional things that people may, uh, we don't do the traditional sense of how normal society lives by. So people think of uh, pirates as just being straight up outlaws or, or, or criminals or whatever. That's not how I view it. I basically view it as somebody who kind of takes charge of their own life and, and move about how they want to move. Now, yes, of course, that can lead to certain criminal activities, but that doesn't mean that it all has to be that way. People people have always have the wrong sense of when they put on a word, whether whatever it could be, and already have their mind set about what that definition is or what they believe that definition to be. So we we both consider ourselves, in a, in a way, renegades to that. And yeah, so we we basically consider ourselves as pirates to normal society. And for those of you know my my special friends out there that didn't necessarily understand that uh that that background or so or that definition of how he explained it, I'm gonna kind of give you a little more logical one. Here's the Google definition of prolific for starters: producing much fruit or foliage or many offsprings. So when I think about that definition and when I think about the word prolific, I think about spreading youth and wisdom and knowledge to all the, to all of our peers and our young entrepreneurs out here who don't have the guidance of everybody who don't have the guidance of someone that's going to give it to you real. Yeah. You know, real friends, they're not going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to tell you what you need to hear. True. That That's a prolific thought right there. And then the pirates being, hey, every day, your everyday hustler right now is a pirate. And just because you hustling and just because we saying we hustle and stuff like that, that don't mean we going out here flipping birds and slanging weed and stuff like that. I mean, hey, you know, you can't slang hey, weed I'm not, nowadays. I'm not going to hustle, but yeah, but, but we, but we try legally, to keep it on, exactly. Yeah. We we trying to we trying to promote healthy state, healthy minds, and you know, we not trying to add to the add to the um to the prison system we we trying to take away from it. Yeah. I don't want all I don't want to see my brothers and sisters out here, you know, following bad advice and being becoming incarcerated and getting taken away from their families and losing sight of the main objective. Right. The main objective in life is to, you know, to live life to its fullest, do right, do unto others as you would want others into doing to you. I mean, that's how I was taught growing up, and yeah. I feel like that's the way a life should be, you know, and always lead by the right example, you know, because if no one's setting the right example for us, how are we going to know what to follow in the long run? Yeah, facts, man. Uh, shit, man, prosper. Live life and prosper. That's all I got to say, man. Live so with that prosper. being said, the Prolific Pirates Podcast. And we here. So yeah, man. If y'all with it, stick around. We got we got a lot of this shit coming. Um, obviously, we still gonna we still gonna keep it fresh. We are gonna keep it fun. Uh, we it's really gonna just gonna be it it's really just gonna be conversation be- between two cats. I mean, everyday niggas that go through everyday shit, and we talking we talking shit that we that we find entertaining or we find that's important, and we speak on it whether. You think it's intelligent, whether you don't. However, you want to see it. This is this is fun. This is how I see it. It's fun. This is conversation that everybody has. We just put it out there for everybody else to listen to. That's all it is. Exactly. So you know what? Well, with that being said, we're gonna kind of jump into our first little segue, and we're gonna talk about being catfished. <laughs> now you know that's that's everybody know what catfished is, and for those of you who have been living under a rock, 
catfished is when you talk to a nice little shorty online and, you know, they taking pictures or they may not even have a picture. You feel me? Might be showing you pictures of somebody else. Somebody that look good as I don't know what, you know, might even bring a little twinkle to the eye. Yeah. <laughs> but when you see them, reminds you of Chris Tucker in the movie Friday and when he <laughs> met Janet Jackson. You feel me? Oh, hell no. Nah. <laughs> don't you ever, 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 ever call me. I'll call you, baby. Don't call me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, hey, that's facts, bro. Because, yeah, I ain't going to lie. I've had it happen a few times, man. The The one thing that irritated me is that she she used her real photos, but her photos were misleading, t- uh, whether it was done by editing or what. But, like, she, all right, so basically anybody who knows, anybody who's been on the the dating sites recently, you can tell now. Who's who? Like, whether or not this person's real, fake, whether uh, there's something sketchy about the person based on the photos. Before, maybe about seven, eight years ago, the editing process wasn't quite as big as it is now. You can so, the <laughs> well, I'm saying, like, it, it, at that time, females would be able to take a picture of their face and nobody, and you would just go off the, the concept of the face. So, like, the body wasn't necessarily that. It wasn't really a visual for the body until later on. And uh, honestly, True. I'll say Instagram kind of changed that up. Instagram kind of changed up the whole body pics. Because before, like, it was mainly face pics, upper body pics. But <laughs> the minute... Disp- your display picture was like an ID photo. Pretty much, yeah. No, that's really that's really how it was. So, like, yeah, when Shorty, uh, she, had a, she had the photos. She was covering her face with her, with her hands. But it was like... Uh, I don't even know how to describe how she was doing. She was, you know what I'm saying? Like she was trying to, uh, she was trying to make herself like look cute. Yeah. And she tried to do a little pose. And, 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 and yeah, in a way, it, it, it looked it worked, but you know, it, it kind of held some things back. You know, so. Well, I still met look, up. Yeah. I still met up with her. I mean, so from I, the looks of it, you know, <laughs> from that that description, you know, she could have had a horrible grill behind. Well, I'm, that I'm saying now. I'm saying now we would have saw that as now. Yeah. But exactly. I'm saying like before, I was like, okay, I'm I'm willing to see what what I'm working with. So, okay, of course, okay. you know, I meet up with Shorty. But I, I didn't want to believe it was her, but I remember driving by the crib. And it, it was, like, in a neighborhood, and she was walking down the street. She's like, yo, I'm outside. Mind you, she's literally the only person walking outside, so I don't want to believe it's her. So I drive right past her, and she goes, like, I'm right here. And then, sure enough, I see Shorty with the phone, and I'm like, oh, hell no. Nah. <laughs> and when I say this, when I say she was built like a balloon, she was built like a balloon. Not like huge, but like round. And I, yeah, I would say I fucked up. <laughs> Crazy, I fucked up, bro. Because uh, her face, it wasn't what I expected. Not from like the photos, but she covered her face. Why I don't know. Because it's not like her face was that ugly, but she hid it. Okay. At least, at least like forty percent of her face was hidden with the way she was like holding up her hands to her face all the time. And I always thought that was weird. Because yeah. So anyway, so that that's like. That's just one instance, but since then I've kind of learned how to go about it or how to function. You learn on, from on, the yeah. mistakes. There we go. There we go. We gotta learn I, from yeah, the mistakes. I learned that from that first encounter. So then after that, anytime something else came up, uh, whether through the dating sites or social media, I kind of other things kind of started implementing into like, all right, what do you, what else you gotta look for? And then of course came the body thing, where it's like if a shorty don't show off her body by any means. 
chances are she's got something to hide. Or her body's not built the way it is. Or, like, even the certain angle how she does it. Trust me, all that started getting implemented when, when Instagram started coming out. True, so. true. You know, Instagram's this, you know, start striking up women and start doing a little more poses. Remember the duck lips? Oh, yeah. Females still do that. That's Yeah, true. females definitely still do that. So, I'm going to tell you about my catfish, man. My catfish was, unfortunately, kind of recent, you feel me? More yeah. like, what, like... Two weeks ago. <laughs> so, I know it's it kind of hurt for me to say that. Two weeks ago, catfish, man. Like, was I living <laughs> under a rock like or something? Like a year ago or something. Yeah. But, nah, let me let me tell you. So, and, and for y'all women out there, makeup is the devil. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, half the time with all these filters, some of these cats... They or you know all these females they don't really need makeup now. True, the cold part is she didn't even use a filter. Yeah, it's a little disrespectful. So I mean, this girl like you makeup artists out there. I mean, like oh my goodness, you guys are great at your job. But yo, come on, just like you wouldn't want to date a man with a lace front. You feel me with a lace front to cover <laughs> up a bald spot? What kind of man want a woman that you know? She looked like Cinderella with her hair, with her makeup done. Mess around, look like Freddie Jackson yeah. with her makeup off. You feel me? Teeth start gangbanging on you and stuff like that. Yeah. Next thing you know, she taking out the veneers, the dentures, and all. You be mm. like, hold up. So, I don't know if y'all are familiar with this little site called POF, also known as Plenty of Fish. That so, might be old now. Some man, of, you some know, of these it's people been might, out for a while, you hey, feel me? Hey, some of these kids might even know that. Just because like, I remember that was one of the original, like, crazy dating sites. The ones where it was, like, no no, uh, no strings attached kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Before the Tinder. So, yeah. look, I'm going to let you know it like this. If you don't know about Plenty of Fish, now you know. There's still actual decent women out there in real women you know not all of them want to get your credit card numbers or anything like that you feel me then all want you to invite you into a little free camp show um i don't know why i know all of that but just saying <laughs> this one chick you know can't give up no names or nothing you know we're gonna keep this classified <laughs> but we're gonna say you know this we're gonna call her miss p okay so miss p was online looking mighty mighty fine as i would say you know from looking at these these plenty of fish pictures, you know, her makeup is on point. Now, I normally don't even do chicks with braces, but she was still looking good with the braces and all, so I had no complaints, yo. You don't like braces? I, I've never really been with too many women who have had braces, so can't necessarily say any good complaint. I mean, can't necessarily say anything good, can't say anything bad. It's more of a neutral stance on it. Gotcha. So, I mean, hey, ladies out there, if you got braces... I'm not going to say I won't mess with you, but you just got to warm me or something. You know, I got to warm up into it or so. I'll be honest. Depending on how the female look. Like Braces it, is very yeah, attractive it's kinda, at times, kind of It's kind of a sexy you know, no, turn yeah, on a little yeah. bit. So. I, I definitely agree. Braces can be very attractive, but only certain women can pull it off. At this point, True. she was pulling it off pretty fine. Right. And then, you know... You go to the Instagram, you know, we always, even though she didn't have a whole bunch of body pics on the, on the POF, you know, she had the Instagram account that was linked. So I go to the Instagram account, 
and oh my goodness, you know, I'm talking about she nice, little slim, like kind of like slim ways. Ass was like tied down, you feel me? Right. right Chest right. was like, oh, you feel me? Had a nice little body. He was like, oh my goodness, like baby been in the gym doing her little crunches and all, you know. All right, all she right. was looking nice. I ain't gonna say she had no hard six pack or nothing, but it was a nice little slim tummy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Feel me? She was she was she was nice. So I was like, hey, yo, like, what, what's up? You know, when you free, let's let's link up. So come to find out, find out when she free. And then I tell her, I invite her over to the place, you know. Shout out to my boy, um, Chef Ultra with the All Flavor No Grease. If you guys never checked it out, I need you guys to go check out the Triple Meat bur- the triple Threat Burrito or the Quesadilla. It's like flight, <laughs> man. I promise you, if you know, you know. And if you don't know, well, you should know now. So um, I was taking her over there to see the food truck. You know, I'm a, we, we some foodies and stuff like that. I've been there a couple times. What, what do you consider as a foodie? Uh, you know, being someone that's, you know, you see, when I look at a foodie nowadays, I think about food trucks, you know. Having no, I mean, my bad. Let me break it down. So what do you mean by, because this is the thing, I know a lot of people will, will have, um, well, everybody knows on Instagram, they have like foodie memes or not foodie memes, but like promoting certain foods. Yeah. But the one thing I've always noticed is that some of these aren't necessarily like foodie images. It's just a lot of cheese. You know what I'm saying? So is that like considered as like a foodie thing? Because that to a certain degree. But when I think about a foodie, I think about trying new foods that are full of flavor, like super flavorful. Okay. And you might have a couple of ingredients out of the ordinary that you wouldn't necessarily think of on a daily basis. Or, you know, some of these food trucks out here is competing with these gourmet restaurants. And, right, right. you know, they putting filet mignon with some lobster and some shrimp fried rice and, like, just doing the work. So, right, right, right. at $20 a plate for a gourmet meal, I mean, you can't really beat that, you know? It's, right, right. It's, and we're talking about that, healthy proportions that, now, that, you know? But also the one thing that I always like better about with food trucks, as you said, they're competing. They're using the same ingredients as you would in, in like, a a fancy four-star restaurant. But they make the food for simple individuals. Like, like, all right, not saying any of us are broke, but you're not going to go to a four-star restaurant every week. True. So it's like you get that same food, and they break it down to you in, in like, simple... Not simple portions, but like simple dishes. In yeah, a way. simple yeah. dishes that you know that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Whether it be tacos, like pretty much uh, putting a little like, elegant spin on it. Yeah, it's almost like in a sense poor people food, but <laughs> no, no, no. Because I mean, let's break it down. You got simple, simple. When I say simple food, I'm talking about food that everybody knows as um, that's meant to feed a family at one time without going so far spending, you know, fifty, to sixty dollars to make a long day. way. Yeah, so I mean. Spaghetti, spaghetti is a very simple dish. It's a, what they call, um, they call it a poor people's meal. Yeah. Because it literally is just pasta and sauce. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to gourmet that up. You add or the, the meat. T- yeah, you add the meat. The you add the seasoning. The you could throw the veggies on it. Nah, but, I mean, you cheese. take the simple things that everybody knows. Because, again, you eating spaghetti, you eating uh, spaghetti, you know, sometimes two or three days out the week because that's the cheapest thing you have. But when you gourmet that up and you make it that everybody knows what spaghetti is, and you put a different twist to it to make it seem like That's it's so extravagant. It 
what I'm saying? That's yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you make it so extravagant, people run to that. Because people know, like, yo, I grew up on spaghetti. This is a cool twist to, like, a childhood favorite or to, you know, the, the everyday meal. True. And you know what? That's what I will say Chef Ocho is, you know? He gives a twist. He turns something simple into something extravagant. Right. And that's kind of where you go with the the three the triple threat burrito and stuff. And also, if you haven't heard, if you know about uh, Chef Ocho, then you will come across, like, Taco Mel or Chef Blue. And... All three of these guys also, rest in peace to the King Nip, feel me? Always. All of them were all put on by him. So, you know, it's a, it's a big it's a big upbringing and trying their food, like, they like they have a lasting impression. They, they have a big impact in their food. Tastes just as good as everyone speaks about it as you see the lines wrapped around the corner outside these businesses yeah, and man, all. Num- numbers don't lie when you see sure. when you see cats like that in their food trucks doing numbers numbers don't lie they doing something right just so you know yg's taco yg's local truck was taco mel's food truck and he's just one of the uh food arts that we were just talking about yeah but to not to deviate too far from that catfish story right. you know going back to that catfish story and stuff so you know, I was taking her to go see Chef Ocho, right? And then when I seen her, and she jumped out of the car to give me a hug, it went from one person to, like, two people in one body. Damn. I mean, like, she <laughs> easily weighed about three of me. Now, don't get me wrong. Damn. It's not like I have a problem with BBWs or even a small BBW, you know? Some of them manage the way very nicely. But I'm sorry, if you have a FUPA, and for those of you who don't know what a FUPA is, and I'm going to spell it out for you, F-U-P-A, it's called a fat upper pussy area. Mm. FUPA. Now, ladies, I'm sorry, but I'm going to give it to you 100. Here's where we go with talking about being a real friend. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. That's unattractive, baby. I'm sorry, it's just straight out plain unattractive. Yeah. If your stomach has a mini stomach, baby, you need to hit Bally's Total Fitness. Yeah. 24 hour of Planet Fitness, avoid the pizza night, and no Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> Especially no Tootsie Rolls. Your big ass don't need no damn Tootsie Rolls, man. So, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I want to see I want any woman that I'm with, you know, I want to be here for a while. Hey, I myself was I, a bigger I, person. You know, I drive down from 230 to 196. I like how you having again, a straight face through all this, bro. <laughs> all hard work. You know, you got to get it. You, you got to stop making excuses. Recognize what your excuses are and get into the gym. <laughs> And watch what we eat, you know, like if y'all I'm not can see the this best, nigga's face right man. now, this nigga's like mad serious about this shit too. <laughs> this nigga this nigga been holding on to this shit for a minute. The FUPA <laughs> is not attractive. I repeat, the FUPA is not attractive. Yeah, that shit yeah. I agree. <laughs> so yeah, um that was my catfish story. I mean, I wasn't rude to her or nothing like that. You know, I'm not I'm not an asshole guy or anything like that. So I'm going to keep it 100, you know. I even ended up kissing her and stuff like that, but it didn't go no further. <laughs> it, it went no further, you know. I, I'm I'm going to keep it 1,000 because 
I can't be a real friend if I don't keep it 1,000 with y'all, right? So, yeah, you know, it went no further. I chilled with her for a bit till I had to go to work. And then after that, I'm not going to lie, I never spoke never to her again. Ain't that, ain't that an asshole move, though? Um, we agreed to disagree. <laughs> you know, I told her it was part of the pirate lifestyle. All right, I needed some new booty. Hey, let it be known, man. <laughs> we some pirates out here, man. That's hilarious, though, man. I was like, ah, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious, man. But so, yeah, yeah, all, yeah. That's yeah, man. The the whole the whole catfish scene. Honestly, I'm surprised that shit's not played out, bro. You know what I'm saying, like. I'm really surprised that the whole catfish scene's not played out. Because there's so many signs you can see. Like, there's so many signs, especially nowadays. Like, way back when, I could sit there and say there was a lot of signs. But shit like that was still new. Like, the whole dating sites or whatever, that shit was still new. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, the whole apps didn't really start coming into play until around that time. So, once that jumped off... The, let's see, all right, let's put it this way. These younger kids, these younger kids are never going to know what that shit is like, bro. This whole newer generation, they never gonna understand the struggle of what it is to to have to kind of imagine what they look like before you meet them. Because before it was still kind of hidden. It wasn't. I wouldn't say it was taboo. It was just hidden, okay, and I, you didn't notice it until later on. Like MySpace did a little bit of that, but not to the extent how we have now, where literally. Every profile pic is of a body pic or, or whatever it is. Like, all right. So this is this kind of really how I feel about that. First and foremost, on catfishing, ladies, if you wear, if you look totally different from you wearing makeup to you with a natural face on, you're doing too much. You're catfishing. If you taking pictures only from the neck up, or the the upper boob area up where it's the beginning of the titties, not the whole titty, yeah. but just the beginning, you're catfishing. If you're posting up pictures of how you looked in 95 and it's 2019, and these pictures is over 20 years old, and you do you not look the same. It. You do not need to be on that side if you if you from 95, bro. I hope God forgives you because you are catfishing the hell out of somebody, and that is just wrong. Why are you playing with people's lives like that? But to end that, what I will say is this. <coughs> Excuse me. Catfishing comes from self-esteem. And nowadays, with, our, with the generation that's going on, I can't even say our generation. It's the younger generation that's going on now. Oh, yeah. You know, you got, you got genders that are confused. You got... You got kids that's over here bullying other kids whose parents won't take a moment to step in and straighten out their kids. And then you got kids who don't get no ass whoopings at home when they really need an ass whooping. And, you know, they pretty much taking advantage of mommy and daddy because mommy's always too tired or mommy's never here or daddy's never here. Right. Yeah. All of those taking place. All of with all of that being said. I feel like that's effect. That's one of the key things that's affecting the generation now, and kind of how catfish comes to play out. Why do you think? Why do you think people are afraid to beat their kids nowadays? Uh, I feel like because people look at it as a negative. I mean, don't get me wrong. 
there's a fine line between, you know, whooping your child and beating your child. There is definitely a fine line. Yes. If you can't tell the difference between, ah, I need help and, okay, mama, I understand. I'm not going to do that no more. Then you you probably need some counseling or want to take a step back to reevaluate yourself so that you can understand the difference. Right, right, right. Um, Otherwise, you know, a lot of people, I feel like at times, especially with parenting, they're so concerned with what the next parent says or what's going on in the, ne- in the next man's household. Kind of like what people in fashion, they become so concerned with what the next man's doing or what the next man is wearing that they want to imitate that so bad that they lose all sight of the positives that come from doing certain things as in whooping your child. If you tell me now that if your child is over here doing some stuff that he wasn't supposed to be doing and you gave him that good ass whooping one time and had a good stern conversation with him so that he can understand why what he's doing is a problem and why he should not do it again. Then I I feel like by taking that step and having that conversation and stuff, would help eliminate some of that. And that, I would consider that as proper discipline and proper parenting technique. Gotcha. And if you can't do any of that and all you want to do is tell little Timmy to go do a timeout, then when Timmy's shooting up to school, you can't blame no, you can't blame little Timmy because Timmy yeah. didn't get no discipline. Yeah. I, I've always kind of had like a weird, um, how would you say it? I always had like a weird view on stuff like that because – I agree with you when you say that people just don't know. I want to say people don't know the difference, but people have a hard time understanding. Like, have like pain isn't always necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes it takes pain for someone to clearly learn not to do shit like that again. I mean, it's like it's like right, you cooking food, cooking some eggs, doing whatever. You accidentally burn your hand on the stove. Clearly, you know now not to put your hand over the fire or over the flame. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, all right, I learned my lesson. Perfect example for that. <coughs> Frying chicken. Mm-hmm. For all of my unexperienced chefs out there that's doing a running man while you dropping chicken into the skillet of a hot boiling water, you're tripping and you're not doing it right. Yeah. So the best way to do that to not get burned is you want to ease the chicken down into the water. Yeah, you lay it in. I mean, into the grease and let it cook. You don't just drop it. So that, that like, when you learn to cook properly, you learn to do things properly. But just that one time of that grease popping on you, you're going to learn not to do that again. Yeah. Just that one time of you getting that ass whooping, if it's, if it's an ass whooping that's justified enough and you understand how much damage that it has caused or how much it could have caused, mm-hmm. then you have a mission accomplished. Yeah. But if you can't understand the damage that you've just caused or what's going on or why you why you received that ass whooping, mm-hmm. then you didn't do your job right because you didn't properly explain the reason yeah, behind I was saying, that. You have, to be, you have to be specific when you say that, too, because kids will really not... Kids will not know what you're beating them for unless you tell them specifically, like, yo... This is what you're getting beat for, or whatever, whatever. And then, of course, you could discuss it after the fact, whatever. But you have to at least explain to them that way they understand. Otherwise, they think that they're just getting beat just to get beat. 
I mean, on, honestly, that's anybody when you think about it. Like, people have to understand why it is somebody getting beat or someone getting... Like, if, if I come up to you and I just start yelling at you, you're not going to know what it's for. But if it came out to where, like, you was yelling at my mom's or something, I get in your face about it, and I tell you, like, yo, don't get in my mom's face, then it's like you fully understand what it what what it is we're talking about. I'm not saying you ever going to do that. I'm just saying... I'm just saying it in a hypothetical sense. Like, you... you No, because for real, a lot of these people... I've seen people actually go off and just start beating their kids. And I'm like, yo, this kid is, has no idea what you're beating him for. He literally thinks just because he's standing there or he's doing something, he's not going to know what he's getting beat for. True. So True. these kids are just going to think, okay, it's okay just to go around and beat people for the sake of them not liking them or whatever. So, I, I mean, you we always have to put context behind things because otherwise people are going to always assume... Uh, people are always going to assume not the worst, but they're just... They're going to assume, period. True. Speaking of beatings and assuming, what do you assume the reason the Disney the Disney World employee got beat for? The employee? Yes, it wasn't it was the employee that got beat up by the uh actual guest, correct? I don't think it was the employee, bro. So what was it? From all right, from the one that I saw, my man's was there with a side chick. And his family, like his wife and his wife's family were there in the park, too. That's the one I saw. Some of my mans with, like, the red or pink shirt. No, there was a, a incident recently where a Disneyland employee was punched in the face by a, um, by a guest. And from my understanding, the uh, guest had fast lane passes or so. Okay. And um, got all the way up to the front of the line or so, and they would not allow the person to uh, to ride the ride because um, we're going to assume in this situation that the fast... There was something going on with the fast lane passes or so, so there was a reason to where the, uh, the cast member, that's what you call the Disneyland employees, yeah. just in case you guys aren't familiar with that, you call... We're, um, being that you work for Disneyland... You are officially induced into uh, showbiz, so you're considered a cast member. Yeah, you're not necessarily an employee. You're like part of the show kind of thing. So, so yeah, the cast member was um, punched in the face by the guest. Because that, was it a guy or a girl, the cast member? I'm not sure. Let me, I want to say. But, all right, so they were punched in the face for not letting the guest onto the thing. Correct. So, I, that was the one I heard, but I believe I did see the one that you might be referring I'm gonna say, to. Where, I thought uh, that's the one we were talking about, but where it, the guy, um, there was a mother, this guy's mother had got punched in the face by this yeah. lady, and this guy literally dragged her in Toontown and beat the shit out of her. Yeah, yes, I did see that one too. Also, I did, but that one was at Disneyland. The original one out here in Anaheim, we're in Southern California, just in case for all of you, all of our fans who didn't know where we were. We are in Southern California, not Florida. You know, we got the beautiful weather. Not saying Florida doesn't, but, you know, we a little. But it's, but it's hot. It's hot. It's humid out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been to Florida, so, I, man, that, whew, it's musky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, bro, I didn't even know that, ha that that other one that happened. The only thing I could think of, I mean. I could, all right, how long ago was this? 
This one actually happened during this past week or so. Yeah, see, I if I would if I would have talked it up to anything, I would have blamed the Heat. <laughs> Straight up, because I think the Heat make niggas do like some wild shit. Cause think about it, Disney World. Well, for one, anybody who doesn't know, Disney World is like huge, like way bigger than Disneyland. Disney World has like twenty parks in one park. Like it's 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 massive. So think to think that you're gonna get an entire day's worth, like to think you're gonna do everything in one day, it's just not gonna happen. You're gonna be waiting in long ass lines, you know, a bunch of kids running around, snotty noses, all sugared up. You know what I mean? Like it just it, it just the idea is kind of giving me like a headache because I already know how problematic that is. So I'm sure. And this is me thinking of a guest, thinking as a guest, I'm sorry. I'm waiting in line. I have a fast pass. That fast pass is to get me on that ride quicker than everybody else. You not letting me on the ride. See, this is the thing. I don't see. I have to put it in perspective just because if you wait in line, like like somebody who doesn't have the fast pass and you're waiting for hours, they let 10 people go for every one fast pass guests you feel me so the fast pass does work like you get to the front of the line but it's not as like it's not as quick as people may think it is because you have to realize other people there were waiting in line for two hours and you went straight to the front of the line you got in a ride in 10 minutes you feel me so like i'm trying to think uh, as a guest going into disneyland i might be a little upset if you didn't put like 50 people on and i'm still waiting at the front and it's like bruh I mean, granted, I know people. Some people have to get on before me, but I still have the fast pass. You know what I'm saying? And that's True. that's what you have to do. You have to honor that fast pass. So after the 15th, 20th person, I'm gonna start asking questions like, "Yo, hey, what's the deal?" Now, if you purposely let 20 more go outside of that after I talk to you about it, yeah, I might get in your face about it, or I'm gonna have to ask to bring somebody over. I, I'm Personally, bro, I'm not going to cause a scene just because I know kids are there. It's a family thing. So I get why people be upset. But if my man's, the cast member, was like mad disrespectful, telling me like, yo, wait your fucking term kind of shit, yeah, I'm probably going to get in his face. But see, I have to, I have to know the context of what it is we're talking uh, about because I didn't see that shit. So to, to help you out with the context, <laughs> I, I just recently found the story again. Right. So a Chicago native, a 23-year-old <laughs> Chicago native, all right, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> that alone says everything I need to know. <laughs> on some rip shit, buddy. That alone says everything I need to know. <laughs> you don't uh, even have to finish the story. I already know, but this shit going. <laughs> we we not going. <laughs> we not going to act like Chicago niggas just ain't wilding out right now. We not going to act like that. Like I'm from Chicago. I love Chicago, but. Niggas be wildin' nowadays, so I, I, I already know where this All shit is right, going. All right, but for my people that's living under a rock that's not from Chicago, if you're not from Chicago, the Chicago people, they don't play the same way as Cali people don't play and no, all, you know? I know y'all done seen some black in Chicago and all this. <laughs> so, um, a 23-year-old... A 23-year-old Chicago uh, native was visiting Chica- was visiting Disneyland. And... 
while she was there getting the fast, while she was there in the line waiting to ride the line, waiting to ride the ride for the fast lane, um, waiting to ride the ride from the fast lane, fast lane pass. Right. The um, the the Disneyland empl- the cast member, excuse me. The cast member they did not have the proper right the proper fast lane pass, so there wasn't necessarily a valid one. So the cast member gets a supervisor to help out. Well, our Chicago native was not feeling that, and she began to start insulting the workers and the cast members and all. At one point, it became so bad to where she started pushing buttons on the controller of the ride. So at that point, the cast member pushed the lady back to reframe her from doing that. And at that point, the Chicago native swung. (laughs) Proceeded with the ass whooping. All right. Now, hold on. Before we finish that, let's go. Let's put let's put our cast member head on and, and put things in perspective real quick. Now, as a cast member, what would have you done if you just saw somebody start pushing buttons? As a cast member, if I do see someone pushing buttons, I probably would take a similar approach to pushing you back or so because at that point, you are putting other lives in danger. Right. Well, see, all right, I'm glad you said that because in my mind, the first thing I'm thinking of is I'm hitting the emergency stop button. You know what I'm saying? Like, right off the bat, just because I already know. Like you said, you're putting people in danger. What, however, whatever button she they pushing, I don't know how. I don't know how the ride is going to be affected by that. I only know the buttons that that I was taught to push in a certain order. So the minute that somebody starts pushing shit, it's it, it's problematic. Exactly. Emergency stop. Period. I'll let somebody else deal with it because I, I. People who people who never been a cast member, never worked for Disneyland, don't know the procedure. As someone who's an employee, we can never touch the guests. Like, our whole thing is that we can never put hands on them. Correct. So, being that you had to get them away from from the the podium with all the switches, yeah, I mean, I completely understand that. But, again, my first thing is I got to hit the e-stop. I got to hit that emergency stop because, bro, that it's – you putting lives at risk, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to stop that. And for those of of my – Pirates, my fellow pirates that's under a rock and could not understand or comprehend how you could be putting someone's life at danger by randomly pushing buttons on a um on a controller of a ride. Let's think about this an example. So say for instance you're driving in a vehicle and a passenger all of a sudden starts to grab the steering wheel. You have to either engage your emergency brakes to quickly slow down and try to regain control of the vehicle. But at that point, wouldn't you guys be able to agree that you're putting someone else's lives in danger? So was the same thing as a passenger grabbing the steering wheel of a vehicle, of a moving vehicle, would be the same thing as a a guest member, a guest at Disneyland playing with the controls of a moving ride. Yeah, that's that's a good analogy. I I like that one. That's pretty much what it is, though. Because, yeah, those, those those switches do a lot of shit. And I know that only certain people only know what the three main switches are. Go, stop, and e-stop. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I agree I agree with your analogy. There so, is no slowdown. Yeah, no, not at all. Because, yeah, you have to think. This ride could be anything. This ride could be teacups, or this could be the uh, the roller coaster that does the complete circle. 
you know, the uh, upside down and all that. You know what I'm saying? And when you hitting buttons, and you do it around the time where they go, bro. I don't even want to think about that, bro. That's that shit is sad. But yeah, so I mean, I I can. I mean, I see where the frustration comes as a cast member. So, I mean, clearly it was just somebody who didn't want to wait in line for a couple minutes because she could have asked. She could have easily just asked, said, hey, yo, what's the holdup? You know what would have been, a, unfortunately, what a catastrophic event would have been is if she would have pushed one of the buttons to release the seat locks. I, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think that of that. See, that's another, that's another good one. And that would be kind of... At that point, you know, people always be like, oh, you know, like, they let anger, they let anger and their emotions control their moves and that they do and stuff, but you still have to be accountable for it because, say, for instance, a little kid would have fell off that ride because he got ejected from a seat because somebody couldn't control their temper, yeah. and all of a sudden they want to start pushing buttons on a control panel. Look, That's man. like what you see in the movie. You don't push the big red button. Don't be that idiot. Yeah, I, honestly, bro, it kind of irritates me now. Like when I think about it, because as someone who's worked there and someone who's a guest, to be told, bro, Disney is so fucking accommodating. Like all you had to do was ask for a supervisor, and you probably would have been on the next next train in. You know what I'm saying? Like it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Disney is so overcompensating for so much shit. Like you probably would you probably would have been able to get a fast pass for all the other rides. And all you had to do was make a little complaint. That's all you had to do. Two things. This is how accommodating Disneyland is. If you pretend to have an injury and even feel like riding in a wheelchair for the entire day, you will be able to get a fast lap, a fast lane pass to every ride in the park. First and foremost. Facts. Secondly, correct me if I'm wrong, Buck. But when people, when guests go to Disneyland, whether it's Disneyland or California Adventure, they lose their mind. They lose all sense of common sense goes out the window. Oh, of course. And they become the rudest people on earth at the happiest place on earth. Of course. So, like, it, it, it's it's easily understandable of how so many catastrophic events can happen at the happiest place on earth and how a lot of things that you think wouldn't happen could easily happen oh yeah absolutely bro like that i'm yeah it's it's almost if anything it's it's sad to see that like to even think about it is sad just because you also all right not to say other people are important but you also have to think about the people that don't have disneyland as or or it's very accommodating for people that live in Florida, Orlando, or or uh, Southern California because Disneyland is literally in their backyard. So you think True. about people coming out of state who only come maybe once every five years at Disneyland and something's new popping up. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many people from around the world that come to Disneyland and these people either never been there before or they just don't ever get to come. And to have something like that kind of happen... To where it literally fucks up their entire trip. Like, bro, Disneyland is not cheap. So, like, if I was somebody behind this lady and I'm seeing her doing this, that, and the other, yeah, best believe I'm raising hell. Because I didn't drop almost 10 racks for my family to come stay at the hotel, get into the park for the next two days. You know what I'm saying? And then, of course, you got the food, the the uh, 
uh, what do you call it, the merchandise, whatever. Like, come on, man. Like, I mean, I'm just saying, be like, think logically for a minute, man. You you spent all this money to get in there. You spent all this time to uh, take the time off to take your kids, your family, whatever. And you really want to like, you really want to fuck with this? Hold on, y'all. <laughs> we got a little rebel in here, a little pirate. He over here, damn and shit. <laughs> but anyways, the point I'm trying to make is that you're right. Just think logically on, on some shit, man. Just think grown, you know? Like, we... You spend so much money to get to get to and from. And for you to just kind of, like, mess... You know what I'm saying? Mess that up. And not just for yourself, but literally for everybody else trying to get on that ride. Exactly. Like, it just... Bruh. True. Now that I think about it, can you sue somebody for that? Oh, on yeah. some real shit? Like, yeah. You can sue you, somebody for that? Yeah. I would sue, I would sue you, for every dime. That, that could be a real... That could have been a real big uh, lawsuit because of the fact that if you would have... Disneyland would have been involved because of the fact that it happened at Disneyland. No, no, I mean, can you sue somebody for, like, in a sense, wasting your time <laughs> when you when you spent all that time to get on that ride? Uh, that's an interesting one. I possibly no, because what's the real crime? Besides, it's not a crime to waste your time. But I did waste money. Like still because not a crime. because because Disney didn't compensate for what it is that I was paying for. Mm, not necessarily. Like, cause, it, cause this is the thing. If I'm in line, like, let's say I'm still an hour in line waiting to get on this, and all of a sudden they say, "Hey, it's closed. This ride is closed." But see, and it's like this. I mean, don't be me wrong. I know there's other rides that get in there, but let's just say, let's just say something did happen. Heaven forbid, something did happen. Did, wouldn't Disney have to compensate for that? Being that like it could have been anybody on that. On that uh, ride, okay. Or so, in that area? if an incident would have happened on the ride or so, then yeah, you know, you, Disney probably possibly would have to take some accommodation into there. But uh, if nothing happened, and as as far as you know, wasting your time, and you would say wasting your money, Disneyland no, because technically you don't waste your money. You never signed any contract, and Disneyland's never signed any contract with you stating that you were going to be able to get on this ride on this day at this particular time. When you purchased your ticket to go to Disneyland, you purchased your ticket to be a guest in the amusement park as everyone else. The rise is an added attraction. Because you got games, you got shows, you got restaurants. Disneyland isn't... Some people don't go to Disneyland to get on a ride. Some people just go to, you know, see the parade and stuff yeah, or watch the but fireworks. Not, but not for a lack of trying, though. Because like, like we were saying before, we were saying that Disney's, like, mad accommodating. So if it came out to a point where you said, like, yo, I'm going to sue you. Like, if I went to Disney and said, yo, I'm going to sue you, you might be able to get compensated for, like, a free night in a hotel or something. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. Like, if it ever came down to that point where you, where Disney would compensate for the sake of, Understandable. That situation. But in actuality, in that situation, that would be, yes, if they did choose to accommodate, you'd be like, okay, we accommodate you, but that's out of the kindness of our own heart because technically we didn't break yeah, any rules. Yeah, yeah, All right, I get, I get what you're saying. All right. So, so now taking that into a segue, you know, I want to talk about the best lyricist ever, you know. My nigga Blueface is the best lyricist ever. 
ever. Oh, I mean, you can't baby. tell me that there's another lyricist that's harder than Blueface, Joe. You're right, man. I mean, he's so good, and they can't even stay on beat, bro. Straight up. I almost <laughs> believe that. I almost believe what I was saying for a second. Got you hyped for a minute, though, huh? Man. Yeah, bro. Honestly, I'm not. I, I don't even know where to begin with that. I don't even see Blueface as a lyricist anyway. So, I don't even know why that's even an argument. You know what, man? Nowadays, with the music that the generate that the generation is coming up with, that the younger generations are coming up with nowadays, you know, they, I understand creating your own lane, but whatever happened to rhythm? Remember rhythm and blues, R and B, and I ain't saying the blue face to go into the R and B lane, but just the fact of when you rapped, you rapped about something that had meaning, or you at least was on beat, and we 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 wasn't with these A B C rhymes, yo. You feel me? Like people was making million dollar hit, million dollar uh, million dollars off of. Literally, songs is like A, B, C, D. It sound like nursery rhymes. Man, yeah, you feel me? I get what you're saying. I think, I think hip-hop is now in a, in a position where... I've heard the argument before, but I feel like hip-hop is in a position now where we can start doing sub-genres within the genre. Does that make sense? Yes. And I, th- I see that being able to... Uh, I definitely see that as being a... a, a like a real thing to come out within the next couple of years, especially with these cats, like especially how the Atlanta scene kind of blew up. I, I mean, clearly everybody knows how Atlanta's kind of blew up. I mean, Atlanta's always been hot when it came to music, but this whole this whole trap music that's been going on lately, that could be its own subgenre of hip hop. Like you could still consider it hip hop, but it could be its own subgenre of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? And you could do that with a lot of other things because. Uh, like Ty Dollar Sign, I don't necessarily consider him R&B, but my man's could be like a a, a subgenre off R&B, or even it could even be a subgenre of hip hop. Period. When I I don't know why, but kind of right now when I think of Ty Dollar Sign, it kind of reminds me of a Drake. Nah, not at all. What I mean by that is tempo wise, like when Drake first kind of came out. <clears throat> Before he really started rapping, he was kind of on that rap and sing type thing. More of the singing. Remember the comeback season? Vaguely, but yeah. The comeback season. He was still rapping, but in a sense, he was still doing a little more of that that, that, uh, that, that, that singing into it, in a sense. That R&B vibe and flow. Yeah, was a little right, raspy. Well, like, the first... Rapper turned single or rap singer in the sense of however you want to however you want to put it in the sense where he created his own lane between rapping and singing almost like a Ja Rule. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I'll say this: I still see Ja Rule as a rapper over a singer. Like I do see I, I do see him doing the crossover, but I always saw Ja as like being a rapper if anything. But see, with Drake, I don't necessarily see him as a rapper. I don't really see him as a singer. I, I see him as like a, a as a pop star. And the reason why I say that is because I know hip hop is popular music. That hip hop is what's popping now. So I consider hip hop as being pop music now. So I see Drake as just being an overall pop star. 
Because I don't see him very much as being a rapper. Like, I, I don't think he's that great as a rapper. I do think he is a star, though. I do think he's he's he makes great music. He makes music for the people who are emotional. So, I mean, th- I mean that's real though, bro. Like he he makes music for the emotional people. True. Okay, so I understand that through personal opinion, you might not want to accept him on the rap platform. But I'm gonna have to be honest and say he he he's a rapper, and the reason for that is because most of his songs come out, like, most of them have a hip hop beat, and he does have songs to where he, he's singing on them in a sense. But most of them still he he's still literally delivering a flow. Well, all right, uh, let's just go to his body of work then, because he'll rap on his on his singles. True, but the majority of his album is singing. Like, any album you can go through, the majority of that album is him singing. Think yeah. about it. A lot of his singles are of him rapping. Of course, he'll, he'll, he'll you know, dip into either oil when it comes to his singles, but the majority of his singles is him rapping. But his albums, his albums, majority have him singing. So that and and this is the thing because it's all it's always up for interpretation. However, however anybody wants to look at it, but Drake Drake is one of those individuals that I mean, this dude's a mega star. I'm not gonna take that from him. I just don't think he he just don't he just don't really make the music that I truly listen to. But I listen to him for the sake of to have a. a, a to have a, an idea of what it is that I, I'm, I'm looking at, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I want to be able to at least have a, a a full mind when it comes to talking about music, and obviously him being one of the biggest artists on the planet, he has to be thrown into the conversation. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's it's. it's I mean, I guess yeah, you're right. I guess it's really just up for interpretation. But I, I see him just mainly as being a pop star. As like a rapper, I don't necessarily see it. Because oh. he, he doesn't he doesn't rap. He doesn't he doesn't really rap on his albums, you know what I'm saying? Like he's just mainly singing. True. But you go to somebody like Kendrick Lamar, rapper. Full on rapper. Uh, I would say Kendrick Lamar is a lyricist. I would put him and J. Cole as more lyricists than just rappers. But that's kind of what a rapper is, though, ain't it? Or yes, how, how are we no. looking at it? Okay, so when I when I think of a lyricist, I think about that somebody that's, like, rapping, but they're taking it to a deeper level. Their music is really making you think more, especially with their punchline. Uh, yeah, okay, up. okay. So you're talking about, like, and the, then when the I complex think about, lyrics. And, yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's kind of like, I would think of, when I say a lyricist, if I had to throw rap into um into categories of beginning mi- uh, middle uh beginner uh moderate and expert right i would say uh, um a lyricist will be more of an expert an expert rap connoisseur because okay. only somebody who's really a fan of hip hop and rap is going to dig deep and dive into the lyrics and kind of dissect them to a certain degree 
to understand and really listen and comprehend everything they're saying versus somebody who's on the beginning level of hip hop and you just listening to a headbanger that's got a catchy beat and, you know, it's got an ABC rhyme going to it. I got you. So, all right, so you, so you think of, all right, so. Club bangers are beginner, are beginner music, uh, are beginner hip hops. Because for every club banger, you don't hear any complex club bangers. You hear club bangers that's mostly talking about women. Yeah, drugs. but Kendrick also had club bangers too, though. I didn't say he didn't. I, I never said he didn't have club bangers. Right. What I said was um, the fact of being a lyricist. Okay. When you're a lyricist, you know, you, you dive in deep into the music and stuff. Right. So all to me, when I think about all club bangers, club bangers aren't music that's gonna make you isn't it's not as it's a song that you'll listen to over and over, but it's also a song that you listening to while you going to the gym, you know, just trying to get you hype. Right. Compared to, you know, you, you might be cruising somewhere and you hear you hear a dope little song with a nice little beat to it that's out of the ordinary, it's got a nice little tempo. And then they start speaking some real stuff, and they diving deep into hip hop. Certain things that you could relate to. How many club bangers can you relate to versus music that you actually listen to to somebody telling a story or something that you could relate to? Uh, well, I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, I'm, well, I can't think of any right now. I'm sure I can find some, but I mean, all right, let's put it. Let's let's talk. All right, then let's say uh, let's say Jeezy then, because Jeezy kind of flips on both sides, dude. Trap music, club bangers. I mean, he ain't the most lyrical, but he's got he's got some shit he talk about. So that's why it's like, I mean, overall, Jeezy got some classic albums with all that on it. True, but how many birds you been flipping? Talking about me personally? Yeah, how many birds you been flipping in your life? I mean. Statue of Limitations. I've I've done a few, bro. You, you so, so you flip so you can relate to flipping birds because I I can't. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. All right. So all right. So coming. All right. So come from the perspective of somebody. Coming from the perspective of somebody who doesn't. I can't know, relate. Yeah. To, yeah okay. You know so what I'm saying? I right, can't so relate talk, to riding right. in a Lambo with a bunch of birds in the trunk. Got you. All right, all right. I get what you're saying now. So. But being all right, so but being that you can't relate to it, do you not listen to his music at all, or you just listen to what the singles are out? No, no, no. I still listen to the music. Right. I was just that's I was just kind of separating the tone of beginning music, like beginner music. If I had to put levels of expertise on it, from beginner, middle to to um to expert, I would look at someone who's a a deep lyricist as in like j cole or kendrick lamar Mm -hmm. i would think kendrick lamar takes his lyricism a little deeper than j cole because don't get me wrong i'm not saying j cole can't be deep Mm -hmm. but sometimes i feel like a lot of times kendrick's a a little deeper in a sense you get what i mean i feel like j cole um and this is not to speak negative or anything whatsoever but um (laughs) I feel like J. Cole, he, he, his, his lyricists go, they go deep, but they're kind of deep into a middle level into a sense. So to he doesn't, he doesn't dive all the way in, you think? Like some songs he do, but some songs he don't. You get what I'm saying? It's yeah. kind of like Kendrick too, but I was, I, I feel like I'm gonna Kendrick say, has Ken, more. Kendrick can do that with his, his, his club bangers, as we say. 
Like he doesn't dive all the way in with those. Yes. That's what I mean. Like, but I will say I feel like personally, as far as bodies of music, I would think that Kendrick Lamar has more songs where he's going a little more in depth than J. Cole. As far as being a lyric a deep lyricist. Uh, I, I, all right. The only reason I won't argue that is because I, I don't know if you've heard all of J. Cole's music. I'm, I'm saying dating back to his Friday Night Lights mixtape. But I, yeah, I know Friday. Like but. because yeah, and I'm only I'm only saying that because, like I said, it was all up to interpretation. I guess. Honestly, bro, I kind of see them as going hand to hand. Like I, I really see them like neck and neck. I really don't. I really wouldn't say that Kendrick is better than Cole. Is that I will say. I will say this though. I kind of felt more impacted with Kendrick than I did Cole. Or let me rephrase. Recently, I feel more impacted with Kendrick than I do Cole. But Cole, I listened to. I listened to Cole more than I did Kendrick. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, I, I get what you're saying. Now, to clarify something, it's not to say that Kendrick is better than Cole or to, to say that Cole yeah, is better that, than Kendrick. Because honestly, that could, be, that could literally be like a, a, that, a fucking yeah. circle when it comes to arguing that. Secondly, just to kind of be a little more in-depth of what I was saying, um... Kendrick Lamar's "We Gonna Be All Right." Mm-hmm. It's a deep song, right? It's it's a banger, but it's also kind of deep when you really think about the 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 uh, yeah 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 the con yeah the context of what it yeah um Kendrick Lamar Section Eighty, Black Underground, mm-hmm. still deep, talking about you know what what was going on in the hood and on and actually going on a real life topic right 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 okay um. Kendrick Lamar's untitled work. Uh, th- that whole album right there goes. But there's a song that he did on SNL, if I'm not mistaken. And um, it was like the first time he pre- presented it and stuff. And in the chorus, he goes, it's like, you know, what does the white man say? What does the Asian say? And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he, he's, again, going in-depth about music about, you know, different things and different different perspectives on life and stuff. Right. And also, again, Humbled. Dope. Another Dope song record, yeah. that he went, he went in deep on. Yeah. Now, J. Cole, let's just, let's just throw out Middle Child. Middle Child is a good song, but I, I don't really feel like it's, like, as deep as any of those songs I really just named. Uh, I... Yes, but that's also based on where he went with Middle Child. True. Like, it was more so, not necessarily if... It, it, <clears throat> Middle Child was just more relatable for him being in the industry and seeing how seeing how the people that he grew up on listening to and the people that are coming up after him and how, how he is in the industry now. I wouldn't even say the music industry, but just being being someone in hip hop now, and, and yeah, I mean that's that's really what it came down to. So it's like it's kind of all right. So all right, what what's the what's the depth that we're looking at? Because if we're talking about 
if we're talking about cats who who talk about the the grittiest of the grime, bottom of the barrel kind of shit, or are we just talking about cats that can rap and know where to take it. When I when I talk about depth and when I think about depth, I'm thinking about as far as in hip hop goes, I'm thinking about something that everybody can relate to, and not just a a certain demographic in a sense. So like, yeah, in the oh, middle well, child. That, if that's the case, then brother, honestly, I would say Kendrick is probably least relatable than, or not least relatable, but not as relatable because you got a lot of people that listen to Kendrick, not just that of the demographic. No, no, no. Because you got to think about it. That whole Section 8 album, mm-hmm. bro, that's technically, when you think about it, that was only for people who were on Section 8. Now, don't be wrong. There's a lot of people on Section 8. But there was also a lot of people that listened to him that weren't on Section 8. So you, you get what I'm saying? So it's like you that demographic is not going to know really what it was like to be on Section 8 or to feel related to it, but can understand it. True. Okay. But Section 8, think about YG's fuck Donald Trump. That's yeah. still, that's still, it's deep. It's not as deep, but it's still deep because it's a topic that everybody kind of felt about, right? Okay, so you're talking, all right, so, you, so you're talking about like the I impact mean, like, of like, yeah. okay, I get what you're saying. So you're looking more as impact than, all right, I, I see what you're saying. All right, then if that's the case, not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say you're biased to it, but I know Kendrick has a bigger influence on higher being that it's California. Which I give it to him. He has a really huge influence in California, so I would never take that from him. But I will say, I will say this though. I see Cole as being. I wouldn't even say he's more impactful. I would just say that he's. He's more recognized. Through his music than that of Kendrick, and what I mean is. People can see Cole and know that he's always going to deliver on whatever that record could be. Kendrick, as you said, it could be for a certain demographic, and half of it might like it, the other half might hate it. But that's toward the demographic of what we know. You get what I'm saying? And I feel like Cole doesn't necessarily have to do that. But this could also be another thing, too, though. They both kind of came, I mean, they came out relatively at the same time, but Cole kind of was out a little bit earlier than Kendrick. Correct. So it could be that Cole just has a head it could just be that, that Cole has, like, a head start on things that he no longer has to keep his relevance to that of the hood. Cole also helped, if I'm not mistaken, co-produce Section 80. Oh, yeah, he did. There was a couple people that helped in that. Um, Look, but, but like, let's just put things in perspective. <laughs> we, we love talking about hip-hop because this is, this is like, like I said, this is what... This is what we relate to, so we're not going to argue about who's better and who's not, because we can honestly get into this conversation all day. Straight up. No, real, like, real facts, my nigga. We can get into this conversation all day, but I guess the point, the point we're trying to make is, is, the point is, all right, back to the whole topic where we're talking about Blueface being lyricist. That's not even a real conversation, bro. Like, it's not even a real conversation because, like, nobody takes a nigga seriously as being a lyricist. He makes club bangers. My mans can't stay on beat. Hey, look, man, if that's what the kids want to do, be all beat, that's fine. I'm probably not going to listen to it because I spent my entire life listening to niggas on beat. So to hear it off beat, it just sounds funky. And even with, like, with cats like E-40 who can fluctuate on and off, this nigga at least makes it sound good and he can fucking rap. I That's was, the difference. If I, you can rap, there would be a completely different subject to that. But nigga, you just not that great as a lyricist. And you have one you have one song that niggas will fuck with. 
right now. I don't know any other song that he has where niggas is like, yo, you got to hear that blue face. True. I will say this. There is this artist that I just kind of came across who's uh, he's probably been out for a little while now. I'm not necessarily sure, but I just kind of came across him and started listening to him and stuff. And he's going to be at the uh, Real Street Fest concert. It's a show I'm going to. So if you guys are there, you know, I'll, hopefully I'll see you guys there amongst the crowd or so. But um, why be in Carday? I heard the first two songs of the album. I, I'm trying to get through it. I just haven't got through it yet. Of Lost Boy? Or Lost yeah, the Lost, the Lost Boys or something like that. Yeah. I list, I was at work last night, bro. Listened to the whole thing, bro. Actually, uh, yes. Yeah? Yes. Okay. All right. It was like, actually, I got I got through the first two songs. I'm I'm cool with the first two songs right now. I haven't l- listed the whole album, but I'm probably going to listen to it like on the way it home. Kinda, it kind of gave me a surprise because I, I, w- I did not expect that. And it's actually a nice, pretty body. It's a pretty decent body of music, bro. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I will listen to it again. That's what's up. Yeah. I I I watched his interview he did with the Breakfast Club. Yeah. He he sounded like he got some shit to him, so I'm I'm definitely intrigued to see it. And that's another thing too, man. A lot of these newer cats coming up, it what surprised me is because he's like twenty two, twenty three, and he was somebody who grew up on big, uh Pac, Nas, uh what else he said? He said like a few other cats on the nights. I think he said Rock Kim or something. And that surprised me because I feel like nobody younger than me truly understands who those niggas are. Like, we talking about legends in the game at that time. But, I mean, you looking at a nigga that was listening to Mob Deep at like eight or nine years old. Bro, I had no business listening to those niggas at that age. Bro, that's but I was like listening, me to, listening to Richard Pryor at that age. Exactly. <laughs> bro. Niggas have no idea oh, that Richard Pryor shit. Niggas was watching Eddie Murphy, dog. I, uh, bro, I that was watching comedy is something <laughs> else, man. Bro, I was watching the, uh, on YouTube the other day. I was looking up uh, old sketches of Eddie. Some of the raw, not the, not raw. It was uh, delirious, dog. It was like maybe two clips I was watching because they break it down like per joke. The two clips that I was watching, I, damn, I can't remember what they were on. But I, I know that whole, the funny thing is that with, with those old comedies, those stand-ups are classic. Like, it don't matter how many times you watch them, you know the funny parts, you know what's coming, and you still fucking laugh. But what's sad is that if you were to, if you were to make comedy like that today, that shit would not fly. Like, people cannot be that raw nowadays. Like, people have... I'm going to say they have to be, but everything is so PC. The shit that he was talking about then, like, that was real-life shit, but yet, I mean, it was tolerated then. Like, you could talk about that and know that, one, it was jokes, but two, like, it was real. It's coming from a real place. You talk about that now, people people going to look at that sideways. Like, you, like, half the shit he was saying, you couldn't get away with saying today. True. But uh, kind of doubling back on why YB, being Carday or uh-huh. what? What is it? I'm, I feel like I'm butchering his name. Corday. That's all I know. <laughs> all them YNLs, YBNs. I be yellers. wondering what that stuff stands for. I, I should be told. I really don't care. <laughs> I really don't. Just because like it, uh, it always has something else coming in. Like, acronyms for everything, man. 
Like even the acronyms that we have, the WTF, yeah, uh, that you know what I'm saying? Like shit like that. Just spell it out. What the fuck? But um, it's YBN Carday, and he said something recently on 92.3, uh, real 92.3 a day ago, and he was said he said something that um, he was like he was breaking down the difference between old heads and OGs. Now, with you hearing that, tell me what you would mean between a old, how you would decipher the difference between an old head and an OG. Alright, well, my take on it, hold on. Well, my take on it, an old head is just that, just an old nigga who, I mean, just day-to-day kind of shit. Like, I, I wouldn't take anything he said seriously. An OG is someone who's been around the block, learned from his mistakes. I mean... I wouldn't say he came up by a street code, but he came up with a code. You know what I'm saying? Had a certain, um, uh, like he had he 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 had that patch of honor as somebody a that like code of ethics, yeah, code. like he he had that that badge of honor that that he took with him throughout his life, and he has knowledge to be able to. I wouldn't even say necessarily preach, but to guide. You know, especially the younger cats coming, especially nowadays. Like, I would see that as someone as an OG. Yeah, an old head is just somebody who... Somebody who got old but never grew up. Okay, well, his his version and definition of it, of what kind of... Uh, where I could kind of, like, understand his perspective where he was coming from and how he, how he worded it. A old head is someone that's just going to, you know, kind of like just game you up and stuff. You know, he's just going to keep talking and talking with you. An OG is somebody that's going to show you. He's going to show you the ropes. He's not just going to tell you about how to do it. He's going to show you how to do it. I can see that. And so he was saying how he didn't know how to change a spare tire on his car. And he was like, OG walked up to him and stuff. And he started chopping it up with him, man, you know, helped him out working with his car. And she was like, man, this is, you know, it wasn't like no cheap car or nothing, right, you know. Right. And um, he was like, you know, he didn't, he grew up with his moms. So he was like, he didn't know how to change his spare tire. Right, right. And that, uh, you know, that's when he was like, the old head was, uh, the OG was like, you know, like, we got to stop. That's where we need to step up and step in. And we got to start showing y'all more. Stop telling you. Start showing you. I can see that. Because we you all got to lead, lead by, by example. example. Yeah, 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 I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. And so that, that like, with just that sentence and phrase alone, that's what put me on to YB and Corday. And then I listened to his album Lost Boys last night when I was at work and I was I was like, wow. So you finished the whole album then? Yeah, I listened to the whole album. Bro, I listened to Chris Brown's whole album. Bro got thirty songs on his album and I didn't even think I was gonna listen to all of them. That's bro. not an album, bro. That's a playlist. <laughs> <laughs> That's a playlist. Yeah, they need to quit they need to quit like advertising the shit as album, just say playlist. Because think about it, nobody's buying albums. Nobody has nobody's doing albums like that no more. Cats are listening to playlists. But you know something though? On neither CD, I didn't skip not one song, bro. 
it was that good or you was just that busy? Both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I was like, Chris Brown albums got some bangers on there. There's a couple of slow songs I probably could have did without her. So, you know, I just couldn't put a push, uh, the uh, skip button at the, at the moment. Right. But overall, I'm not gonna lie. It's got some decent. It's got some decent songs on it. It's a nice little body of work. It's like I mean, dudes. But also at the same time, speaking of Chris Brown, I would say in a way he kind of he kind of gives me a nip, a nip vibe in a way. And what also. I mean by that is that he did something historic a couple months ago. I don't know if anybody if you heard about it or read about it, but he is the only artist. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he is the only artist that actually has his uh, this signed in his new deal with RCAA to has own his masters. masters. Yep, yep, yeah. That's no that. that I'm not gonna act like I'm in the music industry, but I understand the, the the magnitude of of that owning your own masters. And do you really you, now? I I believe so. Yes. Because, all right. Did you hear about Taylor Swift? Nah. Okay. So, just like we're speaking about owning masters, um, Taylor Swift's, all of her previous work was sold to, if I'm not mistaken, Justin Bieber's manager. It's the company he works with. Mm -hmm. They own all of Taylor Swift's masters. So with that being said, Taylor Swift cannot perform any of those songs without consent from the company, even though it's her own body of music and she does not get paid for it. Technically, all right. Well, technically, it's not hers then. Yeah, technically, it's not hers. Like she made the songs. Yeah, it's her voice on it. But she didn't. She, yeah, they're not hers, though. That's but see, that's that's also kind of what the fuck is with these cars, man? God damn, man. My bad, y'all. All right, so... <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, technically, th those are not... Those are not hers. Like, I mean, like, obviously, she doesn't own them, so clearly they're not hers. They're not in her possession, but... One of the things about the music industry is that... Technically... It could be shady. That, but it's like, you really don't... You're really not you. Like, you really don't have anything that's yours because everything that you are as an individual technically belongs to the company that put you on. I mean, based on, on the contracts that we've seen, especially with, with artists that we've seen come up, like, that's a... Like, a lot of the albums that we think way back when, these artists don't benefit from those albums. Like, anytime they talk about record sales and all that, a lot of these artists don't get paid from that. So when somebody says, like, yo... This person went like 10 times platinum. That artist is not seeing any of that money. If they do, it's a small percentage. It's not like they're getting all that. That's unless they, they're, they unless they're completely independent, which nowadays is more familiar. But if you were talking 10 years ago, not so much. Going back to going back to my nigga King Nip, rest in peace. Uh, even Rick Ross was just talking about the interview on with uh, Real 92.3 of how the talks of him and Dom Ken of him Nipsey and Dom Kennedy was uh Kennedy was being formed and stuff and how uh he wanted to sign both of them and he was saying that even sitting down with Nip Nip was asking questions that the regular 
that the regular um artists wouldn't necessarily ask. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe I did see another interview with uh Nipsey Hussle where he gave it's it's actually a, a, a interview that came that conspired a while after, so it kind of was like after everything had all been said and done of why he did not sign to MMG. And if I wasn't mistaken, he was sta- his point that he stated was that um, he wouldn't be able to give credit to all of the people who's already been helping him and stuff, and that's not what he wanted to do. He did not want to just ditch them and leave them out like that. Right. And so... Um, I, got, I got you. We're going to take a break real quick. We'll be back. Uh, my fault. We back. Um, shit. I, I, truth be told, I forgot what we were talking about. Um, Nip. You were talking about Nip with the, the Rick Ross situation. So, um, he stated that he did not want to sign with Rick Ross due to him having to pretty much, like, separate himself from everyone who helped him establish and create the the marathon brand that he had already created and established and stuff. Right, right. So that was what made him stay into his own lane and then later on he came around with Atlantic Rec with Atlantic and getting a distribution deal with them. Yeah, which is smart on his part cuz he cuz he would remain owning his masters, which it came down to is, is him being able to have his masters. So he was still able to create uh um keep his masters Master, keep his masters with the Atlantic deal. I was never sure about. Yeah, that no, I'm pretty sure it was like he okay. literally owned all of his music. Yeah. That was literally the whole. That was literally the whole purpose of that. Yeah, it's for him to own his masters. Cause, um, so yeah, I don't case, think Chris Brown isn't the only one. No, he's not the only one. But see, Nip never, Nip never came onto the scene with the record deal either. Nip was completely independent from the jump. True. Nip r- built his rep off the streets alone, and that's where he got where he's at now. You know what I'm saying? So Nip is one of the few people to actually do it all by himself. And not to say that nobody else can do it, but I mean, there's a few cats I can think of that, that did this all from the ground up. Like shit, shit, bro. Jay-Z did this shit. Little fun fact. My sister actually had a Saturday class with Nip. Word. Yep. My sister had a Saturday class with Nip and a lot of his people that um he associated with in LA and stuff also still deal with my brother and they're all good friends still to this day. You know you know who Nip kind of remind not remind me but you know I right, cuz there's a couple people in my mind who I'd be like yo I would love to just have a conversation with them just to get their insight on shit whether they got wild stories or whatever. DMX is at the top of my list, bro. I feel like this nigga X got some wild stories, dog. Where my dogs at? Yeah, straight up. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, X just seemed like that wild nigga that's be lighting up the room and you just be either cracking up or you just be in deep thought with this nigga, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, my niggas. Yo, X X is a real dude, bro. If you ever listen to any of his interviews, this yo, this nigga's thorough from from the his big ass toe to the top of his head, bro. Like he he a thoroughbred. So like I feel with him, Nipsey. And but Nipsey I feel is more uh I'm not gonna say he's more. He feels more impactful, but I feel like he has a deeper knowledge uh, within that of the hip hop community. Okay, I got. I kind of got this little idea that you just kind of made me think of, and Talk to the me. reason why I like one of the things that I like most about DMX. I'm gonna take it back, back in the day to my old school. I want to see how many of my old pirate heads know or even remember the Deaf Poetry Jam. 
Do you remember Def Jam Poetry? Vaguely. But I do, yeah, I do remember. DMX did a poem on Def Poetry Jams, bro, and it was some of the dopest stuff I ever heard. Now, thinking about DMX doing a poet on Def, uh, doing a, um. Put your lips to the mic, bro. Reciting a poet, a poem on Def Poetry Jams. You can move the mic closer if you need to, bro. Um, imagine if Nip was on Def Poetry Jam. Could you, could you imagine that? That would, that would, yo, that's interesting. That's really interesting, because I can definitely see that. Yeah, I can see Nip spitting out some very nice words of wisdom. Yeah, I can definitely project. see that, man. See that? See that's one of the few things. All right, back. Not trying to backtrack, but that kind of goes along with the whole thing with 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 lyrics and whatnot. It, someone who can have a, a, a impact like that and not not be so I don't even say be so musical or anything, but yeah, let's just say yeah, I would definitely be intrigued to see that. Yeah, I would definitely be. Yeah, damn man. Like just thinking back of all the stuff that we could like, if we were to actually put that in today, that would be a that would be a dope little outlook. If Death Poetry Jam was still around, and it was still man, I seen some dope poets arise from Death Poetry Jam. Some that I I mean I probably still wish I seen today, but I I've seen a lot of. Dope poetry come across that stage on Death Poetry Jam from a lot of different people. And, man, like, if that was to still be around today and just to even imagine if we had a Death Poetry Jam with Nipsey, Kendrick Lamar on Death Poetry Jam, J. Cole on Death Poetry Jam, like, bro, most deaf, if I'm mistaken, I think he even did a Death Poetry Jam. He's probably the only one that might have even done a death poetry jam. I was just everybody saying, I think that he did, just didn't named. he? It was uh, him or or even uh, Talib Kweli. Possibly. I think I think one of them two did it at one point, didn't they? I would like. To I say don't know, so. bro. I think I think one of them did it though. But yeah, yeah, I agree, bro. That that'd be a dope little man. Yeah, that yeah, I would. De- man, someone needs to think about bringing that back too. Cause they didn't they bring uh, uh, the Def Comedy Jam back, or they tried to at one point. I think they tried to. I don't know if it still came around or so. But yeah, like that was that was a nice little goal that people were trying to accomplish. Whether it happened or not, I, I do not know. Yeah, I can't remember. I think they tried it a couple years back and it didn't really do so well. So yeah, man, that would definitely that would definitely be a dope outlook, bro. What uh, shit? What else we got? Um, ASAP Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Do you, do you 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 know what happened? No, I don't. I well, okay. From what I've seen, All right. from what I've seen, he was supposedly being harassed by two Swedish guys. I mean, because he's out in Sweden. Yeah, just <laughs> my bad. So. It just sounded weird. <laughs> two Swedish guys. See, look, look, man, look. <laughs> By two Swedish guys, I act like you ain't never heard of Swedish fish. I have. She's nasty. What? Swedish fish is horrible, bro. They're actually not that bad. Swedish fish is horrible. I it's guess the, the I, worst concept of a candy ever. <laughs> really, Swedish fish. So. <laughs> So yeah, um, ASAP was in Sweden, 
he was being harassed by two Swedish guys. The guys stated that ASAP and his crew allegedly broke some headphones or so. And um, the guys wanted to retaliate for it or so. ASAP insisted that they leave him alone and try to continue to, you know, proceed to walk away. At least that's what I've seen in the video. Right. Next thing you know, I see two Swedish guys getting tossed around like ragdolls. Yeah. And it it shows like a mini little scuffle, but you can't, you can kind of tell who it is, but you can't really tell which one's ASAP. And like, I mean, unless somebody sees some better video than I than I have, mm-hmm. but from what I saw, it was kind of hard to even really acknowledge or even recognize which one ASAP was when the scuffle was going down. Right, right. And so, with that being said, I mean. I don't really know about Swedish laws and stuff like that, but dang, if you you get incarcerated over some headphones, bro, yeah, like, and you know, people's over here pushing the issue and chasing people down over some headphones, and they incarcerated my man, and supposedly not giving him access or eligible phone calls to the to the con to the um, U.S. Congress to be able to you know try to help get his case recognized and get him up out of there and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, salute to Kim Kardashian. I heard she's, you know, tried to get her, get in and, you know, get her two cents in and try to help get him back here. He is supposed to be at this, the real street fest on August 10th and 11th. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's honestly, but you can't really hate on, I know people have their own, uh, perception of, of Kim Kardashian, but you can't really knock what she's doing. She, Donald she's Trump be- stepped in too. So how do you feel about that? Personally, 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 I think he's just kind of doing it for, for the, the, stuff, for the sake for of the clout. clout. Yeah, I think he's really just doing it for the sake of clout. Okay, but, but that's really all he does is, is for the sake of clout. But I really see Kim Kardashian really trying to get people. Out. I mean, she got a few individuals out of jail already. True. So I'm. Her shit seems more believable than Trump trying to come in and do whatever, you know. But from what from what you were saying about the incident, but you know, with ASAP, yeah. I, from what from what I was, from what I watched and what I read, these two cats, as you said, these Swedish dudes. <laughs> it sounds weird, but, but uh, these yeah, these two Swedish cats, they um. Yeah, they were basically they were harassing ASAP and his crew or whatever. And from what I read, they were, they threw the headphones at them. And when he when they threw them, that's when you know that's when they broke them. Basically, like you know, quit throwing shit at me or something like that. Or it was either he threw them or or they grabbed him from him because they kept coming by him and they were trying to like get him away. But they kept persisting. And Basically, at some point, they were just like, yo, I'm going to knock you out. Sure enough, you know, got into the scuffle, did whatever. And, yeah. So, basically, all right, the whole the whole thing is that the reason why ASAP is in this position anyways, because the two guys that attacked them 
claimed that they were attacked by ASAP. That ASAP was ASAP and his crew were the ones following them or harassing them. Well, but clearly by the video, obviously we see he getting harassed by them. So unfortunately, to uh-huh. add insult to injury, with the new testimonial statement that has just been released as of about 24 to 48 hours ago supposedly that video was edited and there are certain things in that video that was taken out which which video the video of the scuffle because supposedly allegedly asap had a bottle okay they were stating that asap had a bottle and asap said that stated that he did have a bottle but it was for self-defense because he has been shot he has been stabbed before so you know it was more in self-defense he stated that he did put the bottle back down though now in the video i did not see a bottle allegedly the video is doctored and edited and that is part of the testimonial statement that, and ev- part of the evidence that they are using in that trial. But again, as of about that, twenty, that edited that the that there bottle, was no bottle. Yes, that the bot because in the video you do not see a bottle. You do not see a bottle. I mean, unless somebody noticed something but, that I did not see. But that's the see. thing: was the bottle used? Uh, it was apparently supposed to be like a broken, like not even a broken bottle, but just like a regular bottle on the ground or something that he seen. But that's what I'm that. saying. Like, so if the it bottle was possibly was like a used bottle or something. No, no, I mean, like, was the bottle used? Oh no, or, it wasn't used. No, no, no. So he, then it's kind of uh, irrelevant. Then he stated that he didn't use it, but they're trying. Yes, they're trying to make it seem, seem like he yes. threatened them with a bottle or something. Uh, exactly, I mean, and they're well, trying I, to insinuate that If someone's coming up and harassing you and you ain't have no, no protection on you, and like they're to the point where they're like, and you're in another country. Yeah, I mean, bro, you, you, I, I doubt. I mean, clearly, if if my man's had something on him. He would at least try to use that. Because, I mean, bro, like you said, you're in another country. You don't know what any of these people are going to do. Self-preservation. You but, don't know You don't know who the, who these cats are. And they're coming up to you, bugging you after you didn't told them for, like, the 30th time. Like, bro, go away. Yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do after that? You feel me? Like, at some point, you have to start. You have to defend yourself by any means. So, yeah, I mean, I don't fault. ASAP for doing what he had to do. I mean, I, like you said, we only know based off of the uh, the video, the article. Like, that's all we know. But, I mean, with that being said, I've heard a few stories about, you know, prisons in Sweden or, or jails or whatever they, whatever they are. But, yeah, their laws are their laws are a little different. Like, they don't have a, a, a bail system. So, he's kind of stuck there until the end of the trial. So, who knows... Well, right. Basically, basically, he's looking at about two years if he's found guilty. He's looking about two years. Is that what they've been saying? Uh, they've been saying that if he's found guilty, he's looking at two years. Uh, I I was under the impression it was about five. Maybe. I don't know. The point is that you spending a couple years in, in a jail in another country, that's not something you really want to do. But you know who else was also in a jail in another country? Freddie Gibbs, German, accused of rape. Mm, yeah. And 
even in his last album, he he wrote a, he wrote about it. He said he you know he, yo Freddie Gibbs got he, he got, got bars. Some, yeah, he got yes. some dope music, bro. Yes, if you've been living under a rock, pirates, it's time to go let you some listen to some Freddie Gibbs. Yeah, Freddie Gibbs. Freddie Gibbs got some music. Uh, Speak about that incarceration in German and, you know, how he got by and how he, you know, how the but case he went. Was it, how long was he there, though? He was there for a couple of months, if I'm not I was to say, I don't think he was there for a year, at least. He was nah, there for, he, like, was like four or five months? Yeah, he was there for a couple of months and, you know, went through, like, a speedy trial himself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully it's not to that extent. To be honest, bro, I don't think it'll be that serious. Because true, I mean. Well, I mean, it kind of already is. He's already incarcerated in a in a foreign prison system, and he's already going through a speedy trial. The only the only way the only reason why I would think it would be serious is because he's because of his celebrity. Like he would be somebody they would have to make an example out of. True, but how do you know that they're not already trying to do that? I mean, it's from looking at the video. I mean, like, now, let's be real. If that was out here, he might have just got sued. No one's really going to pur- pursue any criminal charges. I mean, he might have got locked up for, like, a day or two. It, a- exactly. But, I mean, in America, shoot, if any celebrity hits you or puts their hands on you, you right. might as well just hit the lottery. Right, right. But we also, but we also have, like, a bail system, too. That's, that's the only thing that's holding them back is the bail system. Because they don't offer, they don't have no bail out there in Sweden. So literally, you're kind of stuck in jail until the trial uh, starts. Is it that I thought they did have a bail system? But the fact of his celebrity status and that he's a flight risk is why they refuse to let him out on bail. No, that's that's they don't have no bail system. I've I've learned I've actually read about that in a few. Uh, there's another person that I listen to from another podcast, in which they had a similar situation. They were in Sweden and. One of the one of the cats actually assaulted uh, uh, a club bouncer, like a uh, not a yeah a club bouncer. One of the front door guys, mm-hmm. and um, but in Sweden the front door guys are actually public officials, so his would have actually been worse. But he did like twenty six days in a Swedish jail. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, but he said the sim it was a similar situation, not similar situation. But he said the process similar is the same. Yeah, the process is the same. The first two or three days are like the worst days because they kind of, they kind of, ex- they it's uh, it's basically like they put you in a hole with no food or water for like three days because they want you to kind of, they want you to confess, and if you don't confess within that time frame, then all right, then they they go through the the processing and the hearing and the trial and whatnot. So basically, how how it turned out is that they. They basically said, "All right, you pay. You pay a fine. Like he had a, a, some. He had to pay a fine. They found him not guilty or guilty of something, and they were like, all 'All right, you have to pay a fine. Your time is served, but pay a fine. And uh, if you don't pay, if you come back, you'll get locked up or something like that.' And he was like, "Fuck it. Like I'm not paying shit and le- and left. And he's like, "I'm never going to Sweden again.'" Like you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's really what it comes down to. So, yeah, I would be the same way. I'm yeah, like, why I'm, am I gonna I'm, pay you for I'm, somewhere I'm never gonna come again? Yeah, truth be told, like I'm pretty sure that's might that m- might be what ASAP does. 
Maybe, just depending. So be like no more concerts in Sweden, y'all. I'm sorry. Sweet. Look, hey man, but I mean if they're trying to make an example out of them, that's kinda like that's kinda how it's gonna be. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna I'm not going to perform somewhere where you're gonna take my, my shit for granted and try to put not put me on a pedestal, but to, to put me at, as as uh uh an individual or like as an American individual and think that I'm just going to be the one getting dealt with because of your incompetence, because of your citizen. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, yeah. I, I would, yeah, there's no reason to ever have to go back to that country again. So True. Be like, yo, you know what? Time to dip. Yeah. And to be honest, I the money's not worth time. it. The money's not worth it. They could sit there and be like, yo, I'll give you $2 million to come, come back to Sweden and perform. I mean, do you really want to take that well, chance? Well, would it be $2 million Sweden mo- Swedish money? Because It would have to be, wouldn't it? I will hope so because the reason why is the Swedish currency is higher than the U.S.'s, so the money might be worth it. I thought Swedish currency was euros. Euros still higher. Mm. Yes and no. Like, it's higher as far as, like, for every dollar you get, like, a pound and a half. If I'm not mistaken or so, from what I last heard, for every one dollar out there is like a dollar seventy five out here. Yeah, but that only kind of works out there though. That's the issue. Well, if you're getting paid in Swedish cash, and you're in Swedish, when you transfer the currency over, you still come out winning into U.S. currency. Yeah, but that would mean the dollar is more. Like the dollar, the dollar, the American dollar is valued more. No, you will begin the 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 sweet the euros value more. So therefore, when you switch it over from euros to U.S. Oh, okay, I get what you're saying. All right, I get what you're saying. So for every pound that they have out there, it's or for every dollar. Wait. So pretty much like this: if you were switching it from U.S. Okay, all right, I get what you're saying. So basically, for every for every dollar that we have, it's like seventy-five cents over there. And no, it's for every dollar that we have here, it's like a almost two. For for every one dollar they have, is almost two dollars for us. Okay, that makes sense. So I don't, I don't know where I was thinking at. So I, yeah, I, you I, will you will be losing <laughs> is if you got paid two million dollars in American money and then switched it over into the euro. See, you but would, would be you losing. really though? Because this is the thing. The American dollar can be accepted anywhere in the world. I actually learned this out. The American dollar is accepted damn near everywhere. Like 90% of the world accepts the American dollar. I don't know what other countries will accept the euros. You can still go to a bank and exchange the currency. But you're still going to get the American dollar. That's what I'm saying. You get the American dollar. But again, if... If the euro, if for one, if one euro is two dollars of American money, then for every one dollar, every one dollar back that I'm giving back to the American currency, I'm getting another two in American. But that's what I'm saying. So the American dollar would be valued more. So no, the U.S. the euro the the euro will be valued more. So it, right, but I'm saying take take that. All right, I get what you're saying. You're saying take that euro and go to like South Africa and get South African pounds. I'm saying take that euro and go to Wells Fargo 
and exchange it for U.S. currency. So if you had $2 million in euros, it might come out to what, maybe? Like $1.75 in U.S. currency, in a sense, just because of the change difference. Oh, okay. All right. I get what you're saying. But, but again, that goes back to the American dollar, though, because the American dollar is going to be more valuable anywhere else. You can't, like, you're not going to go to, I mean, maybe China, but I, I doubt <laughs> it. But China China won't accept a euro. They'll accept an American dollar. That's what I'm saying. I, I think the American dollar is valued more because it's more accepted. I, okay, I can I can understand where you're coming from on that on that perspective. Uh, value wise, the actual the actual weight of one pound to one dollar, yeah, it's off. Like for every pound, yeah, it's like equal to like a dollar fifty in America. Because that that it's almost the same as like going to Mexico, and you tra- you using a, you exchanging Shit, the currency from you need dollars like five hundred pesos to get an American dollar, bro. You okay, but. When you still change in five hundred pesos back into the, you still get one American dollar or whatever the case may be. Right, you're gonna get the equivalent of what the amount is. Yes. So if you're exchanging from a euro, mm-hmm. so if you give them two dollars, right, then they're gonna be like, if you give them one dollar, then they're gonna give you back a dollar seventy five in American. Yes. Because. Your which which I get what you're saying is that for the equivalent of that, the pound is worth more because, yeah, because for every one, you have two American dollars to equal that one. But what I'm saying is that that one euro, you really can't, you're not going to go to Mexico and try to get taco. Oh, well, yeah, 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 you, 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 I get what you're saying. You won't use the euros and you won't use, you won't spend a euro in Mexico pretty much. Yeah, but I mean that but that's also where I consider the value. That that's what I'm saying. Like so so in comparison you putting a euro next to a dollar bill, it's unequivocal. But you can take that dollar and still go to Mexico and they'll pride that as like, yo, this is still money. Whereas if you take a euro, they're going to look at it and be like, the fuck is this? Well, that that's just I feel like that's just more of an acceptance thing based off an acceptance. But it that's kind of what, but that kind of what create but that's what creates the value of that though. Is because it's like all right, for example, like like for example, gold. You realize that the the American dollar is based off of the 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 American gold that we have. Like it's based off it, it's based off the equivalent of gold. People find gold to be of value. If somebody simply said gold is not valuable, the American dollar is, the American dollar no longer has to be the equivalent of what we have in gold. You get what I'm saying? So therefore, the American dollar has more value than gold. You get what I'm saying? that's That's where I'm comparing the value to. Okay. And just to be a little more accurate on the euro, one euro is equivalent to one dollar and eleven cents. Okay. So, for every one euro, you're going to get an extra eleven cents. So, if you got paid in euros, if you were in, if you did a concert in Sweden, mm-hmm. and you got paid in Sweden money just for the concert, right? And you're going to take it to a bank and exchange it into U.S. currency. 
you will still be getting more because of the fact you will be getting more because for that one dollar you're gonna get an extra eleven cents for every. And then yes, the U.S. dollar is still accepted everywhere. You can't take it see, everywhere, see, but it and, and even but all right, I get yeah that meant yes you would get more, but I don't think that it's more when it all right it's not more when it comes to like having more in your pocket like if anything i would prefer the euro over the american dollar then if that's the case because the euro is technically more money than the american dollar you get what i'm saying so like so so for so for if i were to go into let's just say if i were to go into a corner store and it's like this is one euro or it's a dollar fifty in american it's Oh no, that's a bad comparison. You get more out of the euro because the euro holds more. The American dollar, as you said, you get an extra eleven cents. But if something is a dollar, oh, that's a bad comparison still. <laughs> bro, I'm I'm trying to think of there's bro, in my mind I'm comparing it in, in different in different aspects. But I'm saying like you yes, you get more out of the dollar and eleven cents. But when it actually comes down to, like, purchase, you're not gaining much considering that we pay more for any of that anyway. You get what I'm saying? All right. Let's go. All right. Let's let's base this off of California rent, bro. How much is California rent in Orange County for a regular oh. two-bedroom apartment? In Orange County? Yeah. Just for a two-bedroom? Just give me a, just give me a range. 17? Okay. Let's just say fifteen to seventeen hundred. Damn, bro, I'm lo- I'm losing my train of thought here. I'm like, I I get I like I think I see where you're going, but it still kind of boils down to at the end of the day, it's like this: the American dollar may be accepted at more places than the euro, but that's not how necessarily how the currency works. The currency is well, not now, yeah, because now, because like I was saying before, currency was based off of the amount of gold that we had in America. So literally, that dollar would be the equivalent of having a dollar worth of gold. Yeah, and then over time, it fluctuated. But now, but well, now it's to the point where it's not even that's not even being used no more. Like gold doesn't even matter now. It's the equivalent of the economy of what uh, the American uh, people value that dollar at which is why like i was saying before the value of that dollar honestly bro i feel like we're not even really arguing right? i feel like we agreeing to the fact the american dollar is the cent is valued wait so hold on what's the argument thing because I'm, I'm confused man because you're saying you're getting more being paid with euros Okay, so the reason why you get more from euros is because there's less euros. There's not as many euros as there is in dollars, so it's less currency in a sense. So with less currency, it's less demand, which means that it's higher. The currency of the value is higher. So, and, and here's the here's the example. But that kind, of, but that's kind of what strengthens. Yeah. So here, money, though. Here's the example. That's why I'm saying. So hold on. So what you're saying is that the American dollar is greater than the euro. No, no. So like, let, let me finish. Here's the example. So the question is, why is the euro more than the dollar? Okay, 
A stronger euro implies that each individual euro is worth more than each individual dollar. Simple as that. The reason is because based on the demand of each currency, the supply of euros is relatively lower. Less euros means individual euro is worth more. Goods are a bigger factor in what drives currency rates. So if you don't have as many goods, then you don't have as many euros. With that being, with you not have as many goods and many euros means that one euro is going to have to have more value. It's going to have to is going to have to be worth be worth more because you don't have as many of them. So for example, I'll be honest, bro. I'm still fucking confused. I mean, right. I get. I all right. Let, let's just put it this way. I I'll, I'll agree to the fact that the euro is worth more. But I still think that the American dollar is valued more because the American dollar can be used literally throughout the entire world. So, and, uh, okay. and, and, and But, I mean, don't be wrong. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I do feel like the euro is, yes, it, it holds a higher value. But whether or not it's more valuable than the American dollar is completely different. So, so here, here, to, here to piggyback onto your answer and to clarify for you. Okay. So we don't need to look shit up, damn it. No, no, listen, listen. <laughs> As it stands, the US, the U.S. currency has one of the strongest exchange rates in the world, being that it is accepted everywhere. Okay, mm-hmm. what that does is that positions the dollar in for future gains for uh, future gains against the currencies. So therefore, even though it's below the euro now, the euro is falling. And yes. the U.S. currency is on the rise, but yes. it's not surpassed the euro yet. Yes. So being that it's accepted everywhere this is going to help surpass the euro. Yes. But there's also. All right. Yes, I agree with that. That. But so. a side note. <laughs> a side note, though. A side note, though. I. This is from what I was hearing from someone who who I knew was uh, who's an accountant. They were saying that if the American dollar becomes equal to a euro. It becomes very problematic for the world. Why? I have no idea. But basically, he was saying is that if pretty much if, if the American dollar outweighed the euro, shit's about to go sideways. And I can, I mean, I could really see that. I mean, whether or not it would be like a, a depression everywhere or whatever. But basically, that's that's what they were telling me. They were saying the American dollar is at less value than the euro. Not necessarily for a reason, but it has its reasons. So. Just a little sidebar, cause I don't know. I was intrigued by that when he. No, I was intrigued by that when he told me that. That's why I thought. That's why when the whole conversation with the with the, the finances changed stable. up. That's why. Uh, yeah, the, like it's not the most dependable. Yeah, but exactly. I will say this. I will agree with you on this. So if you were to take a euro and let's say, like go to like if you were to go to Mexico and get an exchange, yeah, you you could probably get more out of that euro than if you were to go to Mexico with an American dollar. I can admit that. And but. That- but again, if you have an American dollar, you don't have to exchange that. That American dollar is still worth that American dollar. That's, but that's the power of the American dollar. That's where I find value in it because you don't have to exchange it. So to piggyback onto that and get understand and to help clarify what you're saying is, yes, the American dollar still, again, is accepted everywhere. And just like how you were saying, yeah, you'll go to Mexico and get more for the uh, euro than you would 
the uh the US dollar, but the US dollar is still accepted there and you won't have to exchange the currency. Mm-hmm. So the fluctuations in the euro's value suggest the currency is unstable. So therefore it's like, okay, that's why the currency is unstable for now, why the euro is where it is right now. But the dollar is on the rise because of the fact that it is being accepted everywhere right. and the value stays. <laughs> what it is it doesn't yeah. fluctuate no matter what country you're in yeah all right we good <laughs> <laughs> i get it yeah bro honestly i don't even know what i was trying to explain earlier like it really it really annoyed me because i was trying to compare it to uh i was trying to compare something like something that it would seem equally valuable in like in like to the naked eye there but something that, but something that would carry right that. that. I mean, all right. Well, it's yes and no. I mean, the only reason I say that is, is like it's like when somebody's comparing the value of gold and diamonds. You have the equivalent amount of diamonds, the equivalent amount of gold. But to the naked eye, it seems like that's equal. But I think if someone were to make a choice throughout throughout the history of the world, gold has always held a higher value than diamonds. That's because you're understanding the raw form of it. And the reason the reason why gold is always held down to a stronger value of diamonds is because you can't melt down diamonds to make more. You get what I mean? Like you yeah, can but melt you down, also but you also can't well I mean technically you, you can, can create down diamonds, gold. But you can't create raw diamonds. Like True. you can make diamonds manufactured wise, which I guess people have a hard time accepting that. Even though, like, I've seen them use the machines and, and, you know, crunch it down tight, compress it, do all that. But the raw form of a diamond being dug up from the ground from, like, thousands of years ago, like, that's, you know what I'm saying? That's the rawest form of a diamond you can have. True. So, yeah. But, but you I, still need money to buy the diamond. What do you mean? In a way, because <clears throat> knowing, even with diamonds and gold as raw form, People don't really use diamonds as much. They would rather use gold in a sense, I would feel. I I think it just depends on who you would. The reason why I say gold always is But who's but who's also to say that gold is that of value? Because that's because that's just honestly, bro, that's just a a a human construct. People develop people develop that idea way back when to say that this is what holds value. I mean, it could have been just as easily as picking up a, a smooth rock saying that this holds value. You want to know why it holds value like that? Because you can melt down gold. That just means it's a metal, though. You can melt down no, iron. What I mean by that is aluminum. like you can melt down gold and make smaller pieces out of it. You can do the it. same thing with any of those metals. But you can't do that to a diamond. That's why you could do it right. to gold. But that, but that kind silver, those are key forms of currency. Right, but you can shape a diamond. You can, you may not be able to melt it down, but you can chip it off. You can smooth it. You can do however you want to make that diamond. But that's what I'm saying. Like, who's who's to say that the diamond is not worth more than that of gold? Because technically, we can get into it and we can say there's enough gold on this planet for everybody to be billionaires. With all with all honesty, there's enough gold on this planet to do that. There's enough diamonds in this world to give everybody at least two. You get what I'm saying? So, like, who's to say what's more valuable than that? That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying the the value, the the human construct of what we hold value, whether in gold, silver, copper, whatever it is, is someone had to claim that as being valuable. You know, it's just a simple idea of saying, like, 
shit, your cell phone is worth five thousand dollars. To somebody who didn't know no better, they can could I have honestly that 5, believe 000, it. Please. Bro, they could easily <laughs> somebody who knew no better could easily believe that and be like, oh shit, and then try to go sell it for six or seven thousand. You get what I'm saying? True. So it's like it, we put values on what we choose to put values on, which is why I went back back to my whole thing where I was saying the American dollar was set up to value that of what we hold as gold in America. But being that the American dollar surpassed that, the American dollar alone holds more value than that of gold. Mm. We we treasure the American dollar than we do of the amount of gold we have. Okay, I can see that right now in this currency and right, like day example, and age and stuff. For example, let's just say like this bottle, this this bottle right here is a lump of gold. Uh-huh. And someone says, Okay, this this stack of ten thousand dollars is this much. So that no matter what, this gets circulated in our in our community, in our country, whatever. Wow. So that way it yeah. still comes out to this amount. What I'm saying now is that that ten thousand or whatever no longer equivalates to what this is. It's as you said, as it fluctuates, the American dollar has grown. So it no longer needs to be equivalent to that lump of gold. So that's all I'm saying. Because that was the construct way back when. Because, I mean, like, all right, but even now with the currency, the uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and and I think Facebook has its own uh, cryptocurrency. From what I heard, I heard Facebook got its, I mean, I said them Instagram models. And all that stuff, mm-hmm. they be, don't they be using Bitcoin or they be using some <clears throat> they be using some <laughs> cryptocurrency? Well, you know, you can. Use, I know there's a Lamborghini dealership, if I'm not mistaken, in like Newport Beach that you can get bit, that accepts Bitcoin as forms of payment. So I, I mean, I wouldn't doubt. I it. mean, bro, but what's the value of a uh, Bitcoin? It fluctuates. But that's my point. See, they don't ba- they don't put that off of anything. They base it off of what how people value it. That the Bitcoin scenario blew up because someone out of nowhere just said, yo, this is going to be a big thing. This will be our currency from now on. Cryptocurrency. Yes. Somebody said this will be our currency from now on. And someone said, well, fuck this dollar. I'm putting all my money into this program that now instead of having one dollar, I now have five Bitcoins. And with those five Bitcoins, I can get. Like, I don't know, 30 cheeseburgers with it or something. I don't know, something stupid. But I'm saying that's the that's that's where people see the value when it comes to currency. You know what I'm saying? That's where I was weighing out between the the euro and the American dollar because people value the American dollar over a euro or to be told, really any other currency. We True. can accept that anywhere. So that was my point. That was it. Understood. <laughs> well, I will say I'm. I, 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 yeah, I could, yeah, I got you. We, <laughs> all right, man, we done. We didn't really have much to talk about. We just kind of bullshitted for the last thirty minutes. But um, yeah, man, this is uh, this is our first episode. We uh, yeah, man, we uh, hope y'all enjoy listening to us to spit about different topics. You know. Let y'all relate to us and see that we are real people with real opinions and views. Again, this is just only our opinions and views. None of this is, you know, set in stone or anything. 
And feel free to email us and give us great feedback at the 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 pickup pod at gmail dot com. So uh, yeah, get at us. Let us know if we messing up, if we doing good, or if we ain't shit. Let us know. Truth be told, I'm curious. Um, but yeah, man. So uh, uh, plug in your uh, your shit if you want them to follow you on Instagram, all that. And you guys can reach me at Chevy Boy ninety one on IG. And send me all the good new strains that I should try out, and I'll make sure to give you guys great feedback. So, yeah. And if you guys want to send us any gifts or anything now in the future or so, go ahead. Like I said, again, our email. Uh, the the prolific pirates pod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, nigga. I, I mean, I ain't going to do a wish list, but, yeah, I mean, if you're feeling generous, I ain't going to say no. But, uh. Yeah, man, y'all can catch me. You already know what it is, man. Boogie, uh, Dre Boogie, ADA on Instagram. So, and then uh, check out check out the the pickup podcast. Me and G Scope. <clears throat> we uh we haven't uploaded anything in a while, but uh, we're gonna get to that. Your sports talk weekly. Football season coming up, so best believe we're gonna have a lot of shit to talk about. Um, yeah, man, it's the first official episode of the Prolific Pirates podcast. Uh, shit, man, thank y'all for listening. Hey.